Hello, and welcome back to Warped, the completely unnecessary Star Trek podcast, where we provide live audio commentary tracks to Star Trek The Next Generation episodes. My name is Matt. I'm Sean. I'm Jake. Aaron. And I'm Minwin. I'm May. Yay! That's okay, I can fix that. You can just cut that from right, put it right in where it belongs. Nice. We are watching Season 3, Episode 14 of Star Trek The Next Generation. It's called A Matter of Perspective. And Sean will punch the triangle. I got 45 minutes and 49 seconds on the clock, and I'm punching the triangle. Three, two, one, punch. 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 Starting out with some hot Peyton action. Who doesn't love a television episode that starts with a painting class in action? Look at that. Yes. Sean looks like leisure wear. Like, (laughs) his his art. Is it his art smock, or do you yeah, think, like, I think it's his he art wears smock. that? Ooh la la. Looks like he borrowed it from Doctor Crusher. It's our second week in a row with side butt. We had some side butts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're in Female the side butt storylines. Mm. <laughs> do you think that he only wears that in art class, though, or I do think you think so. it's just one of his regular? I think that's what he wears in uh, art class. That's his like... "I'm an artist" shirt. I'm yeah. being, I'm dressed like an artist. John like, Luke yeah. has a lot of hobbies, man. Like, <laughs> wouldn't you? It's a Renaissance man. What you want? Yeah, it is a Renaissance. It's man. admirable. But also, to be honest, his painting was mm, average. And that's well, what that's about what he's about to, That's about what Data's about to tell him. This is this is ridiculous. What John Luke says to Data is. Feel free to go around and talk about a, everybody else's analyze these that a violation or a... like if I was in this class, I wouldn't want data's like yeah. uh, <laughs> observations on my yeah. painting, right? <laughs> but these people seem fine just letting him like talk about their paintings, mostly because he's being nice, I guess, so they can set up the rule of three joke where yeah. the John Luke's painting is bad, and data says it's bad. And then John Luke gets mad at Data. <laughs> John, yeah, Luke John, Luke John Luke does not handle criticism well in this moment. He's like, "Okay, Data, thank you." <laughs> yeah, I didn't like the critic criticism part of art class. That, that used to piss me off. I like his uh, phraseology. Yikes, Mister Data! Yeah, get out of here, dude. But yeah, I feel like how many how many of Jean Luc's uh, hobbies that we know of can we list? He likes painting. Yeah, he's, he's learning horseback riding. Horseback riding. Oh, horseback yeah. riding. The time. He reads he Shakespeare. And, yeah, mm-hmm. he likes theater. Uh, he likes going to concerts because we see yes. him going to like Ada's, you know, well, like yeah. straight dead or whatever. Uh, I think uh, we've seen him fencing, right? He yes. does fence. That's how he gets his work out in is by fencing. Uh, he's an archaeology buff. He likes yeah. history and archaeology. Yeah, you're right. He does have a lot of hobbies. Like, <laughs> he's, he's making me feel a little unaccomplished now that I think about it. It's like you don't have to pad your resume anymore. It's like <laughs> your application to Starfleet was approved, John Luke. You're already the captain. I mean, come on. And and he has you know a vineyard. You, never, you know that you never see oh. Jean Luc doing nothing. Yep. Like you never see him just 
watching television. Like, yeah. do they even have television in the future? He's always doing something. Even if he's just reading, he's reading like a real yeah. book, not, yeah. you know, yeah. trash. Not gossip online or whatever. He's know? not reading the John Grisham of the future. Yeah. You never see John Luke on Twitter just being like, oh, I hate these people. <laughs> Which is my primary mode of recreation. (laughs) On Twitter. He'll drink some tea once in a while, but usually he's thinking pretty hard. Yeah. And usually he's drinking tea, he's like trying to solve a problem, right? Yeah. Yeah. The wheels are turning in his head when he's drinking his tea. Oh, he's also an amateur detective? He's he likes oh yeah, he likes cosplaying in the holodeck. (laughs) Yeah. Detective. Dicks. Yeah. He likes playing Dicks. And he's a vintner. Well, his family owns a winery, but yeah, he doesn't yeah. really get involved till later. I think no. he, that's not really his part of his life at the moment. But so yes, we're watching season three, episode fourteen, "A Matter of Perspective." Original air date February tenth, nineteen ninety. The widow of respected scientist Doctor Nell Agar accuses Riker of seducing her and killing her husband. Rather than turn Riker over for unfavorable trial, the Enterprise reconstructs the facts. Well, I'm sure he's guilty on one count. What do you think, Aaron? (laughs) Mm, I'll say 7-4. May, did you watch the episode? Yep. What did you say? 7. I think that's good. (laughs) 7.2. Wow, we're really hitting a target here. I'm going to say 7.5. Man. But to butt, 69. Well, 6.8. Oh, just we're all lost. We're Everybody all over? Yeah. We're all over. Yeah. It was the closest. Oh, I think it's slightly better than that. It, I think I it's a good episode. I don't. It's, just, cool. it's not. A, it's not a great episode. But, no, but it's like a murder mystery thing. Yeah. It, it's Rashomon. It's, it's okay. It is. It is Rashomon. <laughs> it's the exact idea of Rashomon, mm-hmm. uh, which they've taken into the future. But yeah, it's. I mean, when you call the episode a matter of perspective, like you know that that's what they're right. doing, right? Sure. Oh, it's going to be all about how they all have different memories of this same incident. Uh, and they have to like solve the crime. It's a little bit of a murder mystery. It's got some weird Riker stuff in it that we're going to just have to get into. (laughs) Whoa. Very me too. It is. Yeah, it it kind of is. It kind of is, but it's about a false accusation. So it kind of sends the wrong wrong message because, you know, in this case, the accusation isn't true. Well, Sean, that space station that they blew up in the opening. Yes. That's like, that was like the regular one. It is. Wasn't that is correct. Okay. I thought it was, but I wasn't That was sure. in the IMDb trivia. Hey, Aaron. Oh, yeah. speaking of... Do you remember what regular one was? Get ready, Aaron. <laughs> I don't even remember what that was. A regular, regular one? No, no, that's not a fair question. Is that that's is not... that like one of those fiber pills? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, is, I think, is the spokesperson for a regular one. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this guy's forehead? Let's take a look. Um, not bad, actually. There's something pleasing about it. That guy's a fairly famous, that guy. 
there's an even better that guy in this episode. Yes, when we, there uh, is. But he's pretty good When we meet too. the husband. Yeah. yeah. Is that Craig T. Nelson? It is not. No. His ridges are kind of like the opposite yeah, of the Klingon ridges. something Nelson, and I was like, Craig T. Nelson. Opposite? How, how, how so? Like the, All the Klingon ridges are going in, and all his ridges uh, are going out. No, he's an outie. Yeah. An innie. They really went overboard with the uh, the hairspray. Like, I don't think <laughs> any of these yeah. hairs are going to move, actually. Right. I see them all in line. Yeah, it's typical of this of the of the species. Do you think that's just how their hair naturally is, or do they have to style it that way? No, it's got to be like the style of this of that particular society, like that. Whatever space goop, right? Whatever, (laughs) whatever they use. Wesley's in this one. We didn't have Wesley any Wesley last week. Nope. He doesn't. He wasn't in that episode, and he could have been. There were scenes where there was a guy sitting in that chair, but sometimes it's just not Wesley for whatever reason. Maybe Will Wheaton had school that day. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, he 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 reminds me of like a, a famous director, like an art director, Cronenberg, or uh, I don't know. Mm, yeah, I could see he's got a little bit of a Cronenberg vibe. That's not. That's not the craziest thing you've said. (laughs) (laughs) I actually haven't said very much crazy uh, recently. No, I know. I just mean like in general, when you say things like that, I have to like go. (laughs) I have to take several steps to get to you. But this time I only had to take one step to get to you. So it worked great. That wasn't an invitation either, man. Don't feel like. Yeah, I was not inviting like four. I was starting to feel like I wasn't delivering. So. No, no, no. You. You you feel free to just stay in first gear, and yeah. that's fine. I don't know, guys. I kind of like it when men get slow to wacky. I need you to kick it up. I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> I'm like I'm like with Sean right now. I'm uh, floating off in uh, outer space. Yeah, so, speaking of uh, Rashomon, that mm. is my excuse to talk about my new favorite video game. Uh-huh. Which is called Ghost of Tsushima. Oh. So, yeah, Min got it for me for my birthday. It was my hey. birthday. Hey, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. It's so, yes, thank you, everybody. It's <laughs> When this episode airs, it will have been a few months ago, but sure. uh, thank you. Um, yeah, this game is super cool, you guys. It's all, it's like a Kurosawa movie. It's set in like uh, 13th century Japan, and you play a samurai. And it's kind of like Red Dead Redemption, like you have to ride your horse around and like solve missions and kill baddies and all that. But it it's just the whole vibe of it is super cool. And the way it looks is amazing. It might be the best looking video game I've ever seen. It's really beautiful. So I've been liking that game a lot. Ghost of Yay. Tsushima. Awesome. It has, a, it has a Kurosawa setting in the settings where if you click it on it becomes black and white and it has all like scratches so it looks like old film grain film so grain. It makes, the game, <laughs> makes the game look like a 1950s kurosawa movie nice which i turned on as a novelty for like 30 seconds and i was like this is distracting i have to go back to <laughs> normal mode on this game mm. anyway yeah, I hear it's a very good game. Recommendation. So. That was a pre mm-hmm. or that was an early recommendations corner. Mm-hmm. Oh well, you could take us right into recommendations corner if you want. Mm. Oh, let's, let's save it. it. Yeah. Okay. 
Unless you have something you want to talk about. Deanna's yeah. in her teal dress. Teal. Yeah. I really noticed there's a close up of her this week where I really noticed that that the because that thing is off center intentionally, yeah. it really does make her left boob significantly more prominent than her yeah. right boob. Sure, sure. <laughs> and I guess I never really noticed before, except we talked about it a few weeks ago when we first saw that outfit. Yeah. And this time I really, really I really, really zoom. I really zoomed right in on. Marina Sirtis. <laughs> on Lefty. Old Lefty, she calls Old it. Old Lefty. <laughs> Old reliable. These are, these are sentences I never thought I'd say before we started this podcast. <laughs> I spent a lot of time looking at Marina Sirtis' left breast today. <laughs> Although, are we talking about her left or the right one that's more exposed? No, it's the left one that's more exposed. Well, it's our, our, our left. left. It's her Stage. left. You have to imagine your her left. Hmm. Her left. Okay. Yeah. The one that's more it's different. the one that's less exposed. That's it's less exposed. The one that's less exposed is more pushed up. Okay. Now, see uh, that there's uh, some uh, ambiguity uh, there. Yeah. But yeah, now I follow you. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. I don't know. There's some value in just letting it hang out too. I mean. Yeah. Be free. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, totally. Producer Jacob is all about letting it hang. This is their TV. You're talking about do they watch TV? This is their TV. Mm. Yeah, I guess all you're right. right. Like the holodeck is kind of what they do. It's more inter. It's interactive TV, but I guess. Yeah. It's TV. But even that is like sometimes you don't want to interact. That's right? more work than I really yeah. want to do. Sometimes you just want to sit on the fucking couch and watch television, That's and that doesn't seem to be hard. I'm that sure there's a thing that exists in Star Trek. Like you never see them like watching a movie or anything. Whenever they're doing something, well, it's holodeck related. But they are also military, and none mm-hmm. of us are. So, maybe but I think people in the military don't, don't watch them. television because I, I don't think they watch it that often. Not as often as we do. I disagree. <laughs> I bet there are a bunch of lower decks people who book holodeck time and they just go in there and they like. Holodeck up a couch and oh, yeah. watch sure. a big screen TV. Oh, look, people He's get that really guy. see at them because hey, you can do anything on a holodeck, and all you're doing is watching TV and just like, hey, that's what I want to do. It's yeah, my right. time. You know, you are making a, an excellent point, Jake, because we we forget that these are. It's not so much that there are that they are military, these but are it, they're very rate. high functioning military. Yeah. yeah. Right? So these are people who live very disciplined lives. So maybe they don't just dick around on the couch watching TV. But, but you're absolutely right. Those lower, decks, those lower decks fuckers are absolutely just <laughs> not, <laughs> watching Two shit years in the future and they're still binge watching, you know, Seinfeld. Yeah. Mariner on lower decks is for sure watching TV on her computer screen when she's supposed to be working. She's watching YouTube videos of cats or something, but it's... She's not doing what she's supposed to be doing. Don't you think there are holodeck programs where you can just be like the extra or you can be like uh, you can just sit on a bench and watch things float by? Yeah, probably. I mean, Hmm. yeah. That's even more interaction than we want to deal with. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to have to put on an outfit and like go down to holodeck. (laughs) You don't have to. I want to stay in my room. I want to sit. Yeah, exactly. Okay. (laughs) 
you you want that screen and between you. And sometimes when I go to ten forward, I want to sit quietly and drink. I don't want Guinan coming over being like, "Hey, what's happening over here?" Like. Can I just sit quietly and nurse a drink in this bar without having to interact with any of you fuckers? Apparently not. (laughs) (laughs) What we're saying is none of us are cut out for Starfleet. This is the other actor you were talking about, right? The other Mm -hmm. actor that's that actor? So the guy who's playing the husband, I had to look him up because I I watched this yesterday and I didn't. I knew I knew him, but I couldn't place him. And so I had to look him up. He plays uh, Hector Salamanca on on um, Breaking Bad, and also on Better Call Saul. Oh, he's the, he's the guy in the wheelchair in Breaking That's Bad right. who can't talk and just rings the bell to like when he to like indicate his answers. Do you guys remember that guy from Breaking yeah. Bad? Yep, yep. That's that actor. Um, I don't watch Better Call Saul, but I guess he's in that too. Uh, but I haven't seen that. I just knew him from Breaking Bad. Fantastic. I know him as the landlord in Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Oh yeah, I my memories of that movie are uh, <laughs> dulled by time and substance abuse <laughs> <laughs> and desire. So is this the There's woman that? Uh, about this room Pet is Detective. fun. Hey, he, he, Cox is in it, right? Yes. He talks out of his butt. Yes. That's Ventura, right? Yes. And is it like it's like weirdly transphobic or it something? It's not weirdly thing? transphobic. It is transphobic. Okay. So those are the three things I remember <laughs> about Ace Ventura. Sean Young plays a woman who, a man who's pretending to be a woman. Oh, okay. I forgot about that. Whole thing. Bad guy. I have seen Sean, it. Sean Young triggered something yes. in my mind, and now I kind of remember that. So. Not a, good, not a great movie, Ace Ventura Pet. No. I like the scene where he's delivering the package. Yeah. That yeah. Really the best scene in the movie. Yeah. That's the opening. That's yeah. 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 It's good. I have mixed feelings on Jim Carrey uh, mm. as a performer. Sometimes I really like him. Truman Show was on the other night on Turn. Oh, that's a good one. And that movie is terrific, and he's oh, great yeah. in it. Um, but he's real hit and miss with me. Like when he's great, he's great. But when he's not, it's real. It's sure never did anything for you. I mean, I think I probably saw it and thought it was funny at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of those movies that's so you disposable. Go back to it. Yeah, it's so it's you, it's a one and done. Like you've seen it, you've seen it, and right. it's not the kind of movie that makes you go, "Boy, I really want to put that one." You know, in again and watch that. <laughs> At least not for me. I'm sure for some people. It I watched that. it a lot. But, uh, oh, okay. So you <laughs> you proved my point. <laughs> Sean is the East Ventura guy, and I am not. Yeah. What's your favorite Jim Carrey movie? What's your favorite Jim Carrey movie where he's being funny? Not like Truman Show or Eternal Sunshine or one of those movies, but like one of the goofy ones. What's it, you have a favorite goofy? Jim I think Carrey? The Mask. Yeah, yeah I, I want to say Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, me too. Not a, I'm not a fan of Dumb and Dumber, I'll be honest I liked with it you. back in the day. I think he's the least funny part about it. I yeah, think that really, movie's only really good because Jeff of Daniels, Jeff Daniels. Right? Yeah, I don't think Jim Carrey's funny in that movie. Yeah, I kind of, now that I'm saying it, I think I... Wow. 
I think I agree with you. Yeah. I liked him on In Living Color. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of seems like the best thing he ever did as a comedian, right? I will vouch for Ace Ventura. I think they're both funny movies. I think the sequel's better than people think it is. Bold. There's some funny bits in that movie. But, I don't think I've seen it the whole way through. I but think I think The Mask is his best performance in comedy, just like goofy comedy. Yeah. That's also, uh, what's her name's best performance? Cameron Diaz. Cam- yep. Yeah. Mm. Cameron really? Diaz's all-time best performance is in the first Charlie's Angels movie, where she is absolutely (laughs) playing a ditzy, blonde secret agent. Yeah, she's hilarious in it. Yeah, you might be right. And What about There's Something About Mary? I hate There's Something About Mary. There's Something About Mary might be my least favorite movie I've ever seen in a movie theater. I may have told this story before on the podcast, but I went and saw that movie with my friend Mia, I guess we were in college when that came out, or just maybe just out of college when it came out. Like just out of college. We went and saw that movie, and it was a packed, full theater. Yeah, it was such a... It was a huge hit. So much buzz about it, yeah. And every person, I swear to God, was laughing their heads (laughs) off like they had never seen anything else like it. And Mia and I were sitting there like... Exactly. We were the only two people in the theater who weren't laughing, and we were just looking at each other like, "What are we missing right now? Like something is <laughs> happening, and we're clearly not like on the wavelength of whatever is happening right now." It was a, it was kind of a weird experience to be in a in a theater that was, people were so clearly just delighted by what they were seeing, and we were just like. It is, this is not working on me at all. It was oh, it was really plain. It was horrible. It's sort of Twilight zone Yeah, it was just like, have I? Maybe I just don't know what funny is anymore. I mean, <laughs> Take that. But I don't back, think Matt. that movie's funny. Sorry, sorry. I sorry to the lovers. I'm not bothered by that one. I used to think I sort of changed on it through time. I now get why you don't think it's funny, and I think I agree with you on it. I also just don't even really remember it that well. So maybe I was, you know, maybe if I were to, there's so many movies though. The idea that I would ever sit down again and right, right, watch that. There's something about Mary, a second shot. Like (laughs) I don't have that many years left, and there's a lot of movies. (laughs) Certainly, I don't have the time to be going back. You're gonna be watching Paddington too. Why would I be watching? There's something about Mary. I mean, that's a pretty good life philosophy right there. Yeah. If, if there's anything you could be watching, but you could also be watching Paddington 2, you should probably be watching Paddington 2. Yeah. You, you, get, you don't have stock in Paddington 2, do you? It's, it's like, you've really been <laughs> I wish I that. did. Paddington 2. Okay. Hmm. I wish I did. Yeah. We should watch it for our watch together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that would be so that's wholesome. A great idea. Yep. But there's no. If you want to hear, an, if you want to hear two hours of podcast of, of, <laughs> of just me going, look how good that movie is. Oh my guys. gosh! If it's you recall the, our last Starfire, it'll be yeah, Star Trek two all again. over again. This, except that this time, Aaron will be on board too. Yeah. <laughs> it'll just be two hours of Aaron know. going. This is amazing, guys. Of me gasping. I mean, it makes me want to go watch it again right now. Yeah. All right. Like, yeah. Have a good one. 
I, as soon as we're done recording, I might go watch Paddington too. Like, yeah. Okay. I think that it, it is hard to thread the needle of what movie to pick for the movie episodes because when we pick something we love, we just talk about how much we love it. Love it right. Yeah. When we pick something we don't love or are confused by, like when we watch Dune. It's like we don't know what to say about it. it, it, it yeah, it leaves us kind of weirdly silent. We're like, yeah, someone's fascinated. Bad. Well, we should uh, uh, check the analytics, uh, see which of our uh, movie episodes is most listened to, and then I uh, those analytics. I because uh, I look at them and they are bewildering. To me. Yeah, and it may be because I was a you know North Campus guy and I oh, was an sure. English major and. <laughs> Numbers have yeah. never really been my friends, but I look at those numbers and I'm like, hmm, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> I, I know that The Last Starfighter did very well. Yeah. And those are, I mean, those are fun episodes actually to listen yeah. to just because we're having a really good time watching the movie, but I think it, it translates into the podcast. So, Although one thing that was very perplexing is I think the second one did better for some reason, and I cannot explain that. Yeah, why would you only? That means some people only, <laughs> only listen, listen to part two. Yeah. Maybe like they liked it so much they had to listen to it again. Did we have a good bit? Do we have a good bit in there? I don't know. I don't remember. You'll have to listen to it a third. <laughs> <laughs> so here's this creepy Riker stuff that we kind of yep. need to start talking about. So does anybody want a quick plot summary who hasn't seen this episode? I have seen it and I still need it. Like, <laughs> I have questions for the end. I'll put it that way. They have gone to this space station that's orbiting this planet. And they've gone there to meet this scientist. And that guy, the guy from Breaking Bad is the scientist. And they're trying to dig, they're, they're basically just there to kind of poke their heads in and see how he's doing on this research that he's supposed to be making for them. So Riker and Jordy beam over there just to say hi. And when they beam back, the space station explodes, killing the scientist. And Riker has been accused, because he was the last person on the station, Riker has been accused of killing this scientist right before he beamed back out. The, the tall guy in the, in the flock of seagulls hair is like the investigator from the planet. And he's come up here to try and figure out what's going on. And the way that they've decided to do this trial is each person involved uh, basically downloaded their memories into the holodeck. So the first time we watched this scene, we watched Riker's version of it, where Riker's like a hero and doesn't do anything wrong. And it's the, wife, comes on to it's the wife who comes on to him. Now we're watching the wife's testimony, essentially. It's using holodeck as, as court testimony is what it is. And now we're watching her version of the story, which is that Riker is like coming on her. her and going to, going to rape her. It's a real actor's feast for Jonathan Frakes because he gets to play all of these different versions of Riker. And oh, look how that's clearly not Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> wide shot. I don't know who that person was. That's Jonathan Frakes. Yep. That guy wasn't. I didn't notice. He's so still it's Jonathan called. Frakes. It's called a matter of perspective because we're seeing all of these scenes multiple times from different witnesses to the events. So it's a sci-fi take on Rashomon. 
which is how... a good it's a good thing we've been able to like chat about different th- this and that during this episode because seeing this the same scenes replay out slightly differently does not make for very compelling I don't know. Yeah, I didn't love Sean. I didn't love this one. I understand what they're going for, but you know Riker didn't do it. Right. They're not going to have an episode where no the stakes. first officer turns out to be the villain. Yeah. So it's just a matter of them. What's the What's the real truth? Figuring it out. What's really how going is on. Riker not the person who did it? Right. Hmm. And Deanna's basically like, "Look, I know you didn't do it, but." We don't have any evidence to prove it. Yeah, nobody on the crew really doubts Riker's position for a second. So, Which is good. I don't think you would want it to be like... Yeah. It would be weird if Worf was like, I totally thought you murdered that guy. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> My respect for you has increased. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Klingon warrior way would have been to kill that man. So I simply assumed that was what you did. <laughs> and then there's this little side plot, sub, which really isn't side plot. It's really tied into the main plot. But there's this weird uh, thing, radiation uh, popping up on the ship. And they're trying to figure out where the radiation is coming from. But it's all connected to the scientist. Yeah. I think this episode was... Ch- it has ambition, like you know what I mean. It's trying to do something mm-hmm. cool. I just don't think the execution of it is mm-hmm. very good. Partly because I think the guest actors aren't. The woman who plays the wife isn't quite as good as you would hope that she would be. You know, for a sort of a pretty crucial role. So partly I think it's a guest star problem, and partly I think it's just not as well written as the idea the idea was good but the writing right to it they had to spend all the money on uh salamanco yeah they had to spend a lot of money on on hector salamanca mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean he, he's he's doing a good job for sure he's well, doing do... a good job it's very funny with the three times that they see the fight scene see that little shot when beverly kind of puts her eyes down made me think oh beverly does think maybe kind of thinks he might be guilty <laughs> I was like, Beverly's not 100% in this episode. You know she had some conversations with Deanna during this. Are you sure, girl? You have to imagine that Beverly has had to give uh, women, like, the next day after pills, (laughs) after dates with Riker, right? Like, she knows what Riker's all about. Plus the chlamydia creams. Yeah, I'm sure Riker's brought some stuff back with him. From a short trips, yeah, trips to Risa. He's come yeah. back with some weird, they, some weird shots for that. Yeah, blue bumps in certain places. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, Spurpee. This, this is the future. They've got shots for that. They'll just uh, they'll teleport you back without that. Uh, they've got a number of uh, solutions. No, oh, you're right. Take number three. Obviously. You're right. Yeah. We're just. You're right. Because mm-hmm. sex has no consequences in Star Trek land. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, yes. so, this, so oh, the, yeah. again, neither of those were the right actors in that, in the, oh, in that yeah. wide shot. But in the first, so the first time you see that scene, Riker just sort of sort of steps aside so mm-hmm. that he doesn't because he's it's the nice Riker version. Sexy Riker punches the old man out. In the old man's version of the story, the old man is the one who punches Riker out. Hell yeah. 
I like this uh, Bride of Frankenstein hair here. That's a bold look. What do you think? She's got a salad spinner under there that wraps <laughs> hair around. Like, that's not all hair. That's a that's a foam something. Yeah, that's a piece for sure. sure. Well, back in the day, uh, uh, I'd seen a fancy photo of like someone from the 20s with this fancy coif or something. And then I was reading that they would use like some sort of frame underneath that they would drape the hair over to help get that volume. So, yeah, there's something under there. Oh, kind of want to play waste paper basketball with that hair. <laughs> Touch stuff yeah. in. <laughs> it's good. Be kind of just. Yeah. What if it was a, a? If it had a hole on the top? Yeah. It sort of did. It does. It's it's a little yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. I assume it was flat across the top. No, no, they it's tucked got it. Got a slight indention. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's quite a hole. It's a caldera. It's a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely can sink things in it. Yeah. Now it makes me wonder if uh, Kid and Play had a bucket on top, but no, I think it was a, it was flat top, right? Oh, that yeah. was all him. Yeah. yeah. Back in the captain's quarters. Sean, is it this week's episode, or did, was it in last week's and we missed it, where they both put their feet up on Data's thing at the same time? Did you notice uh, it? No, oh, I station? didn't notice it. it. I watched. I watched last week's and this week's back to back yesterday, and in in one of them. Riker and Picard both do the the Riker maneuver. Yeah, yeah, I think time. you're right. I think it was last week. I mean, if I I meant to bring it up when we when I saw it, but well, I I missed it. But well, it was drink, everybody. Fun. Yeah. Oh. You take a side. This which is almost like us, a family photo right here. Which brings us to Corrections Corner. Jake. Oh. Oh. These are very short. I just remembered that I had some left over from the last time that I mm. didn't use. These are corrections from episode 113, where no one has gone before. Aaron, you'll recall where no one has gone before, uh, because it's the one where Picard has tea with his mom in the hallway of the Enterprise. Mm. Is that ringing? No. Memo. <laughs> It. It's the one where they're having sort of like fantasies of their uh, mm. of their of unreal things happening on the ship. Worf has a pet in that episode. Worf re Worf recollects his childhood pet, which is kind of a gross, you know, looking thing. Dog it's got thing. a bunch of prosthetics all over it. It's called a targ. Targ. Yes. And we wondered if it if that was supposed to be the same kind of animal that Christopher Lloyd's cat Klingon captain uh, in Star Trek Three has. I remember asking that. Yeah, and it's it, it's not. Targs in Star Trek are more like pigs, and the thing that Christopher Lloyd has is more is mo meant to be more like a dog. Uh, so Worf had a pet pig, uh, not a pet dog. And that's what a targ is. Wow. What so kind of animal did they actually use on the show? Was it a pig that showed up in like a costume? I, uh, what, was it a real animal or did, was it just a prosthetic or something? I it was like but, a uh, real dog they dressed up or something. It might have been. It may have been an actual dog, but mm -hmm. in Star Trek world, it's supposed to be more like a pig. Got it. We told Aaron where no one has gone before is like the 
third or fourth episode of the whole series. And we were really trying to sell Aaron on it at the time. Because that early, that first season, you'll recall, is rough. And so we asked, we, we were saying to Aaron, just, you are going to end up liking this show. That is what we said to her. I said, we will check back in with you later, and it, we will learn that you have started to like the show. So the time has come, Aaron. We're now in season three. This is the good stuff. This is as good as this show ever gets, pretty much. Do you like Star Trek The Next Generation? I do. <laughs> wow, nice. There was a slight hesitation there. No, I, don't... I wanted to get you guys like worried for a second. She was, <laughs> she was, creating, she was creating tension. It's good. Yeah. It's the Romulan in her. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad to hear that. I know you really only watch the Guinan episodes, but I'm glad to hear that you're liking it. Do you like this more than the original show? As a. Sh- like oh. following along what's actually happening, yes. But there is something about the visuals and the characters of the original that I do have a fondness for. Sure. In terms of actually like following the plot and getting like meaning out of it, this is far more meaningful mm. stuff. Makes sense. Yeah. I think that's a good answer. Mm-hmm. So they've come to the, uh, uh, they figured out what's going on, haven't they? Yes. Hmm. Uh, this is basically Jean-Luc has put a PowerPoint presentation yeah. together. <laughs> and the solution was? It's, it has to do with the thing that the doctor was working on. Uh-huh. So causing that the it radiation. all actually happened? No, that he accidentally killed himself is what you're going to learn. He but was then, trying to kill Riker and accidentally blew up the, the thing. But then what about all of these different perspectives? They don't really get into it. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, they don't really, they don't really explain. They never, they certainly never like. They don't they explain never, it. They never explain what the wife's involvement really was, and they no. just leave it because she didn't have supposed, any. She, they 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 suggest the fact that she was kind of in on like the fact that he wanted to give her the finer things in life. Because mm, yeah, uh, sort of. But she's pretty. She tries. She gives a pretty convincing. You know performance that she thinks Riker killed him. Well, here's the thing. They go through all the different versions, and they don't really address why they're so different. They just Mm -hmm. figure out what actually made those things blow up. Right, exactly. They just just focus on the one thing, the the things that are all in common. And Mm -hmm. the but the other thing, too, is, like, back when they showed, like, the wife's version and uh, Riker's talking to Troy... Like, Troy is actually like, I didn't see any deception in her. And that was like the truth from her perspective. So they still kind of leave it like hanging like, you know, he he had the he thought she was coming on to him when, and she thought he was coming on to her. And so the truth is probably still lies somewhere in between, which is yeah. like sit very me too. Because mm-hmm. it's like. When people are in that, those situations, they have different perspectives on yeah. what was happening. Yeah, because let's say, like, Riker's truth is the ultimate truth, right? And, like, she was coming on to him, and he rejected her. In this trial, she, like, really goes after him hard. So why would she be doing that if she wasn't feeling, like, I don't know, slighted? And- She's being vindictive at the very least, you know? And at the worst, like he was being great. 
Yeah. 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 Oh, I, uh, oh, I'm so glad we're talking about this. We're actually talking about the episode. This makes yeah. me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> You're, I think May's absolutely right. Like it's, it's when Troy says I, she's not lying. Cause that would be the easy way out. Right. Is for yeah. Troy to be like, I sense deception in her, which is Troy's whole reason for being on the show is to say things like that. When she says she's not lying, she's just remembering it the way she remembers it. It makes the whole it makes the the moral quandary of the episode a lot more interesting, right? They don't really do much with that, but it's at least it's there that they're not like, well, she's clearly the villain. She made this whole thing up to frame Riker for some reason, and it's they don't go the easy way uh, when it comes to that stuff. Well, and then the third reenactment, it's from the assistant's point of view. Yeah, right. And in that version, they're, Riker and the wife are going at each other. Yeah, like mutual, it's totally. Mutual. It's, it's actually mutual. <laughs> right. Because she's telling the version that she heard from, from, yeah, the, from the, the husband. Yeah. 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 She's like, this is the story he told me. It's like yeah. secondhand news. It's yeah. it's the it's the even, of hearsay. Picard even makes the point that it's hearsay, but uh, these people have their own like justice system, so they don't they're they're fine with hearsay. Oh, and then this was the explosion. Yeah. So it turns out that the scientist was trying to buy more time because he realized it's kind of a convoluted. It's a Scooby Dooish kind of. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's trying more, to sell his tech. It's way more complicated than it needs to be, right? Because what it, what he's, what the scientist was trying to do was, uh, throw the Federation off the scent of what he was really doing, which was trying to turn this energy thing that he developed into a weapon so that he could sell it to baddies like the Romulans or whoever, and so when he realized or thought he realized that Riker was like on to him he decided to kill Riker so that the federation would i guess just go away Using like his tech like they wouldn't conduct an experiment uh, an investigation into why mm. Riker was dead but anyway and it and then the experiment backfires and it ends up killing the guy who was trying to kill Riker so the whole thing was like oh he accidentally killed himself no one was the killer. And then everyone just flies away. <laughs> like, <Yep. that's> an <laughs> and Riker gets to say engage, so I guess he won. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess he won. Like, it doesn't feel like a win, weirdly. <laughs> like, when he flies away, it kind of feels just like, hmm, it's still possible that Riker was a little bit creepy on that <laughs> yeah, one. <laughs> that's what they're saying. Yeah. That's why this episode's better than 6.8. They leave that ambiguous. They don't settle that issue. I'm I'm willing to believe that he was fooling around with a guy's wife. <laughs> really? I, I like to think that he would that that's a, a line that he would not cross. Yeah, yeah I don't think he would. I, I think Riker is obviously pro sex. Like, yeah, but he's he also strikes me as being somebody who has a a code, right? Yeah, like, he's a strong code too. He doesn't. But... He doesn't fool around with cues. I don't need your fantasy women, you know, he said mm -hmm. last week. Yeah. And he's, you know, sometimes women come on to him for the wrong reasons. Like, remember when that woman was coming on to him and and it it was because she was trying to, like, 
seduce him or what mm-hmm. I forget she's, why. She's trying to be of service to him. Yeah, yeah. She, oh, that's right. She was like the servant. And he okay. was like, I don't believe in having sex with servants. And I believe in equality. And you're like, oh, okay. Riker's not a sleaze. Right. Like, there's a huge difference between being, I love sex and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And being, I take advantage of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But from her pers- from his perspective, she was like coming on to him. So say yeah. she's being like, you know, you know, he works. A- my husband works a lot, and it's kind of lonely. And maybe she kind of looked at him, and maybe she yeah. did. You know, in- initiate. I think he would have let her get a good one in before. Yeah. What? 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 If, <laughs> what, if, what, if, what if her appeal was like, "Listen, you're a hunky Starfleet officer, and I need this." Yeah. So I also think that Riker just thinks every woman looks at him like that. Like that's just how he sees the world. Maybe, right? yeah. I don't think it was necessarily that woman was like, oh, she's coming on to me. That makes me uncomfortable. I think Riker just walks around going, Everyone's coming on to me all the time. Because <laughs> I'm Will Riker, goddammit. <laughs> Hence gap in perspective. Yeah, exactly. Hence- <laughs> Whatever the title was. Matter of perspective. Yeah, yeah, that thing. <laughs> I'm not saying these are good qualities. I'm just saying that's where I think his head was at. Did we finish the uh, corrections corner? Uh, I had one more quick one. We were talking about the Riker lean, and I think we may have even talked about this at the time a little bit, but I looked into it a little more. The reason he does that and the reason he sits in those chairs the way that he does is that he has uh he had a back injury from when he was a young man, like a recurring, you know, like back injury from being a he was a furniture mover, you know, when he was trying to become an actor. Mm-hmm. And so he has this like precondition and that's why he does that. So it's not like a character thing. It's like that he does that in real life. Because it's, you know, helps with his back. So the putting his chair foot up on Data's thing is for that reason. And the chair sitting is for that reason. And when he and when he started doing it on the show, the Riker, the writers were like, oh, OK, well, that's a, like a Riker thing, which is why they then sometimes have like Jean-Luc and, and Data and other people also do it sometimes. <laughs> When they're when they're un- unconsciously imitating right whatever Riker's doing, does uh, he do that on other shows? Well, I don't know. Show? I've never. I don't. I'm not sure. I've ever seen him on anything but Star I Trek. But hmm. I would imagine he probably does. Have to be another. Apparently, this has all conf- been confirmed by by Jonathan Frakes. Nice. And that's the end of Corrections Corner for episode. Yeah. Woohoo! Beautiful, beautiful. I told you it was a short one. We, That's uh, the end of the episode, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Wrap it up, man. Thank yeah. you all very much for listening. Please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram at Warp Podcast or buy our merch at Lunar underscore Flare. You can email us at WarpThePodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Warped Trek. Follow me at Host Warped. Follow Min to learn about our Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu live streams and podcasts at Wet Maynard. Or go to patreon.com slash warped, become a subscriber, and gain access to additional material and bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. And everyone should watch The Mitchells versus the Machines. I heard it's, it's good. Came out on Netflix. 
well, yesterday in my timeline, but yeah. it's really good. It's so funny. You should watch it with it. kids, Sean. They, no, they, I want to watch it. It's very kid-friendly, and they would really like it. It's a lot of fun. Recommendations. Recommendations. <laughs> hey. My job. No, I love. I, please, that was a compliment. I love yeah, that. That's great. It's my favorite. That's my favorite jingle. It's a good well, one. Well, I don't know. <laughs> They're I don't, both I pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. It's that, like choosing your favorite child. Yeah. Oh, that's easy. Tune in next week. Ooh, you guys. Next week. Yesterday's Enterprise. Oh. And if you're a nerd listening to that, listening oh. to this. You just got shivers down your spine when I said that that to you. Mm -hmm. One of the all-time great episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. Top five, maybe top one. Uh, So (laughs) tune in next week for that. And until then, my name is Matt. I'm Sean. I'm Jake. Aaron. Me. I'm me. Thank you for listening and good night. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, next week's is so good, you guys. When I saw yesterday, when I got done with Matter of Perspective, and I was like, and it, it, Netflix was like, next week is yesterday's Enterprise. I was like, fuck yeah, yesterday's <laughs> Enterprise. <laughs> oh.